Well, good morning. I want to invite your eyes upon this table in front of me. These blessed candles, which we will um, share with you after Mass as we celebrate this candle Mass today. Let's imagine that every one of these candles was one million dollars. There are 24 candles on the, this table. And let's imagine that every one of the candles was $1 million. If you do the math right, yes, that's $24 million on the table. And I said to you, I'll give every one of you, all of us today, I'll give every one of you $24 million. All you have to do is come up to the table and take it. Why would any of us leave any of the money on the table? Like, if I said, there's $24 million on the table, and it's yours, it's got your name on it, you can take it, here's a bag, here's a wheelbarrow, take it on the way out of Mass, every one of us would take all the money. Amen? None of us would come up and just take one and walk away. Now, likewise, if this table represents all of the blessings that God wants to give you, perhaps not financially, but all of the blessings. And I said to you, all these blessings are free. You can have them. Why would any of us walk up to the table of God's blessings and only take one and walk away? So if I said to you, regardless of where you are in life right now, there is a table of grace waiting for you. God's presence, his love, his mercy, his movement in your life, his blessings. If I said to you, there was that waiting for you, and I offered you a key that would open up that door in your life, would you want the key? Because the key is going to come today in a very different way than what we ordinarily expect, but it's absolutely consistent with everything that I know to be true about God. And if you want the key to God's blessings, I'll give it to you. You ready? Here's the key to receive all the blessings from God. You ready? Obedience. The key that unlocks the door is obedience. Now, just looking at your faces, I can sense two things. Number one, that's not probably what you thought the key was going to be. And for many of us, that's not a word that we wanted to hear. But obedience is the key. Now, I used to hate obedience, especially when it came to vegetables. I don't like vegetables, right? When I was a kid, my mom used to say, eat your broccoli. And I, I, I wouldn't eat it. And she'd say, eat your broccoli and you'll be, you'll be able to see. Like, all right. And I had glasses on. That wasn't working. All right. And she said, eat your broccoli and you, you, you'll, you'll feel better. And I was like, oh, but I already feel good. And then she said, eat your broccoli or I'm going to spank you. And I said, okay, I'll eat my broccoli. Right? 
So I, I don't like eating vegetables. I've never eaten a big vegetable person. And then I had a conversation about two months ago with a really good friend of mine who talked about the physiological connection between the stomach lining, our diet, and cognitive stimulation. And guess what? I actually started eating my vegetables about two months ago, and I'm actually feeling better cognitively. And so now I want to eat my vegetables. Amen? Just don't tell my mom about that, all right? So we're going to keep that on the side, all right? I didn't want to do something, and then I realized all of the blessings that would be there for me in my life, and now I have a new reason to be obedient. Now, obedience comes in one of two ways. Either we can be asked to do something that we are asked to do, or we can be asked by God to not do something that we want to do. Let me say that again. Obedience comes in one of two ways. Either God's going to ask us to do something, or God's going to ask us not to do something. I want to focus on the first today, because that's what the gospel is revealing to us. Obedience is the key, and perhaps you can identify in one of three ways that we see obedience today. We see this, first of all, Jesus is going to the temple. Why is Jesus going to the temple? Jesus is going to the temple because in the Old Testament, as God was forming the Jewish people, God said, okay, I want your hearts. And early, 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 as God was forming the Jewish people, he said, I want your hearts right from your birth. So God said, the first male that is born of a woman or the, if, if the firstborn is a male, I want that male to be consecrated to me, to be offered to me. So you go to the temple, and you offer him to me, and I'm going to bless him, that kind of thing. So Mary and Joseph are going to the temple because their first child was, their only child, was Jesus, and they're offering him to, to the Lord. And what we see in Mary and Joseph is the first face of obedience, and that is in when God is asking us to do something that requires more of us. Let me say that again. Some of us in church today, God is asking you to do something. He is asking you to be obedient, and it is going to require more of you. For example, when God asked Mary to be obedient in the Annunciation, it required more trust. When God asked Joseph to be obedient in his enunciation, it required trust. But today, when they both came, there's a little bitty line in the gospel which indicates the more that God is asking of them. When you went to the temple and you offered your firstborn son... God said, offer that child to me and then offer sacrifice on the altar. And, it, and when you do that, take some turtle doves and offer them. And oh, by the way, if you're really poor, get two pigeons. Mary and Joseph offered the pigeons. Joseph is a meager man. He's not a carpenter like what we think. He's a handyman. He's a tinkerer. He fixes odd jobs. He's dependent upon stuff breaking in people's houses. He's a poor man, and he goes, and he doesn't have money already, and he's asked by God to spend money in prayer, spend money on the sacrifice. God's looking at Joseph today, and he says, in obedience to the law of the Old Testament, I am going to ask you to give me more. 
Now here's the thing that happens to all of us. If you are being asked by God right now to give more, more time, more of yourself, more of your heart, if God is asking you to take the next step, this is what happens when we give more. When we give more, it avails us, it stretches our hearts to more of what God wants to give us. This is why the obedience is so important. This is what happens inside the human heart as we are in relationship with God. When we choose to stretch our hearts more, now what? We can receive more. When we choose not to do so and we leave our hearts small, all of these candles try to fit and don't fit. So this is what obedience does. For those of you who are being asked to give more, when you open up your heart to give more, you just created space for more of the candles in your heart. Does that make sense? Right. So obedience for some of us today who are asked to give more is going to dispose you to more of the blessings. Number two, at the end of the gospel, there's this woman, and she's a prophetess. And she is in obedience, praying night and day in the temple. It says that she was married, her husband died, and she went every day to the temple, and she was in her 80s. In obedience, this woman goes to pray every day, and she's waiting. And some of you are waiting. I don't know what you're waiting for. That's very particular to you. But some of us in church are waiting, waiting for the answer to a prayer, waiting for a new season to open up, waiting for things to stop happening that have been happening. You are waiting. If you and I are waiting, the temptation is to give up on what he's asking us to do because nothing's happening. And when we are waiting, and he's asking us to be obedient and to do what he asks us to do, sometimes we can opt out of what God gives us because we want something now. So here's the analogy. You ready? God has $24 million waiting for you. And all you have to do is keep waiting. Just keep waiting. God's going to lead you. Watch what's happening. He's leading. You're waiting. You're waiting. Eventually, he's going to give you all of the candles. The obedience is day in, day out, trusting him and just doing what he's asking you to do. Most of us don't like that. We don't like the waiting. So what do we do? We opt out. Instead of getting $24 million, we, we, we settle for 10 bucks. Instead of all of the blessings that God wants to give us, again, not financial, but his grace, right? We, we grab something to make us feel better. What obedience does is when you're waiting, lots of things in your life. Just, it's about him just do what he's asking to do. That's what woman Anna did today in the gospel. She waited, she waited, she waited, and then what happened? She saw him. She wanted to see him before she died. And at the end of her life, she saw the Savior. Third person in the gospel today who teaches us about obedience is Simeon. And Simeon looks at Mary 
and says, huh, this child that you're offering to the Lord will be the source of the rise and fall of many in Israel. And then he looks at Mary and he says, and you, a sword will pierce your heart. You, he says to Mary, are going to suffer. And some of us in church today are suffering. And the hardest thing to do is be obedient to God when you're suffering. What Mary teaches you today, listen to this, is the difference between in spite of versus instead. Let me say that again. When you are suffering, what obedience gives you is the difference between in spite of versus instead. When Mary is at the cross and she's here, she is suffering. But she experiences God in spite of the suffering. She experiences God inside of the suffering. So she's suffering, but she's still being blessed at the foot of the cross. You can experience God's presence in spite of suffering, but most of us, because we don't like suffering, we make choices to choose something instead of the suffering. So it's hard to suffer. And when you're suffering, you don't see God's blessings at the end of the process. And so instead of continuing to be obedient, we choose something instead of the suffering. Obedience. Sometimes God's asking us to do more or give more. Sometimes God is asking us just to be obedient when you're waiting. And sometimes God is asking us to be obedient when we're suffering. Amen? Now, obedience. Doing what God wants us to do. What's he want you to do? Open up the bulletin. Inside the middle of the bulletin, middle spread, page six and seven. I want to give you some homework for the week, and then we're going to wrap it up. Here's a homework for the week. One thing that you might do that you might continue to zero in on the one thing that God is asking you to do, page six and seven in the bulletin. Now, if this is the first time you're seeing these four people on the left side, I'm going to encourage you to go to my blog, marktoops.com, or our website, ctr-hddiocese.org, both of those in the bulletin. Listen to the last two weeks' homilies. Those will explain those. Based off of where you are, the left side, page 6, I am suggesting to you that you might do one of three things. You might read something, you might watch something, or you might connect with people. Let me say that again. For every four of these people, you might read something, you might watch something, or you might connect with people. Some of you like to read. We sell a lot of books around here. I'm, I'm learning more about how you respond. So I am offering different things for you to read. If you are the rich young man, there's a great book by Sherry Waddell that I think will tap into the call to more. If you are the man born blind, I'm offering to you a book by Dr. Brent Petrie, great book that's going to answer some questions. If you are the woman at the well, there's a great book that you could read. If you are the, uh, in a storm right now, there's something that you can read, right? So every one of those, I'm offering you three options. You can 
read something. Maybe you like to watch. Maybe you like to watch videos or you want to learn something online. Okay, well, I'm offering you something that you can watch. However, what the rich young man's going to watch on prayer is different than perhaps what the, the woman at the well is going to watch, right? And then finally, I'm recommending that um, we consider acts or domestic church retreats for different reasons, right? The reason why the rich young man might consider acts is because God might be asking the rich young man to start serving and leading. Well, acts is a great way for you to serve and lead. The woman at the well might need acts because that, that person just needs other people to support them, right? So here's your homework. You don't have to do all three. I'm just recommending you pick one. So here's what you can do this week. First, pick the person that you are most connected to of those four personas. And then just ask yourself a simple question. Do you want to read something, watch something, or connect with people? Right? Next week, as we come back, we'll take this a little further. We're going to start offering things. You can get the books after Mass. We'll show you more on how to, to watch these videos and things like that. But here, here's where we are. We're here today, beginning of February. Where are the blessings? Well, I'm telling us, I think, this is Lent for us. In Lent, I believe God has all of these blessings that he wants to give you during Lent. For many of us, in order for us to receive those blessings, we have to be aligned with where he's leading us. So the homework that we've been building over the last three weeks is to help us know where we are and to see the trajectory of what might be next for us. Let's embrace that. Let's embrace obedience. Let's do what he's asked us to do by understanding where we are in the process. Amen?